0: Oh, so you really didn't want to do the cell phone game?
1: Not for something like this. You want it to be a little shorter, a little more accessible, a little easier to get in, get out with. What are you guys uh, talking? What like are you guys next. talking about?
0: We're talking about creepy pastas. We're gonna do one for our show here. Remember, I said uh, we should do the cell phone game, but you know, not uh, City Zero.
2: Maybe we'll do Channel Zero later. Oh. Oh! Oh! Yeah! Right. Those things. Yeah. Okay. I'm wait! Sure. Wait! 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 Do you, Do you not know what a creepypasta is? Um, I'm I vaguely know what they are. Well, let's get into this.
0: of the podcast. Welcome back to Inconceivable Inconceivable Media. I'm your host, Miles.
1: I guess I'm your guest host. My name is Jordan. And I'm Cam, and once again, I'm the victim this week. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean we have to dress
0: you up like a girl? Uh, no. No?
2: no, No? I'm thinking of like, you know, the psycho killers. You know, the victim is not always uh,
1: identifying as female. That is true. Yeah. This, he could be the stoner, he could be whatever other whatever other form of moral failings exist in the youth of today. Or right. they can be the token person of color. Yeah.
0: Oh, ouch, I guess I'm the one out in this one. Oh, oh well, that's too bad. <laughs> in a room full of white men, I can say I'm the darkest.
2: So Cameron, you don't totally know what creepypastas are, do you? I have heard of them because people keep talking about them on the internet and... That's about it. That
1: is my relationship with them. Well, so I guess we should explain a little bit about these then to make sure that everyone's on the same page then. Right? Oh, yes, of course. So
0: creepy pastas are essentially short, scary stories. Uh, everybody knows about Edgar Allan Poe, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some
0: people would argue he's one of the first people to actually make creepy pastas, although the term kind of is pressed more in the modern day uh, Internet side of things, of course. Uh, so they believe the first person who, uh, the first creepypasta, was actually called Ted the Caver. Ted the Caver, or Caver, maybe uh, C A V E R. I've never actually read this one myself. Uh, apparently, it came out in two thousand one. Whoa! So they've considered that to be one of the first creepypastas.
2: That checks out. Yeah, uh, it's pretty old in terms of internet
0: history, right? It's right at the dawn of the internet. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I would say that is what I know about creepypastas. Is When I was hearing about creepypastas, we would have been in high school, uh, university, and I would hear people go, oh, did you read this creepypasta? You know, people were sending it around online, kind of like chain emails, and I would go, wait, what? I don't know. Someone said something about like a Disney story mm -hmm. or something, and I was like, huh? So you see, that's kind of why I wanted to do the cell phone game, but we'll get into that
0: one later. Uh but I will say that the reason why I kind of wanted Jordan to come join us for creepy pastas is because Jordan introduced me to some of my first creepy pastas and you were there too Cameron
2: but you probably don't remember. I'm going to go with yes, I don't remember this until you tell me and then I go, "Oh, so that's what that was." So do you do you remember a little
0: uh YouTube movie called uh Marble
2: Hornets? Mm, that sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah.
0: And how about The Rake? Uh, no, I am i don't know that one actually. So of course you guys can't uh, see but Jordan's shaking his head yes because at Jordan's <laughs> birthday party <laughs> oh, he actually shoot.
2: showed us a couple of these and I loved them from the start. I'm going to say then that I probably might not have been present for that one. You were.
0: I remember you were there. Yeah, you were there.
2: But uh, it was a long time ago so I don't blame you. Yeah. But Plus I...
0: horror doesn't affect you like most of us I find. You like horror but it's not the same.
2: Yeah, I yeah, that's true. That's very true. We've already gone through this with Coraline where it's like, no, that book didn't terrify me. It engaged me, and I was enjoying the heck out of it, yes, but it didn't terrify me. See, that's kind
0: of where I walk to. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. I wish I could get scared because I feel like I would like that, but it just doesn't work for me. Nah. But Jordan, how about you? Do you get scared?
1: Uh, I enjoy the excitement, the anticipation. Um, and especially when it comes to written horror, which is what a lot of creepypasta, written, short story style, blog post style, the anticipation is what I really enjoy. What's happening here? What's going on? And especially with a lot of horror, we you mentioned Edgar Allan Poe, we go back even... Uh, Not quite as far, but we still go back this early history of horror as a written format. Things like H.P. Lovecraft, where even a lot of these things, there's no... The the ending is terribly unsatisfying because it's just... It's there, and it's spooky, and you know what? Just enjoy the ride. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the carnival ride of literature. Does it teach you a lesson? No. Is it fun and exciting while it lasts? Yes. When it's finished, are you kind of why did I do that? Of course! But it's fun. That's so, what I enjoy about it. So stuff. something tells me that I think that depends,
2: but then we're getting into novel type stuff because Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is horror. But it's also more of that philosophical now you need to think about you're a bad person type thing, and we're you know delving into the human psyche and that sort of stuff and it's also a book yeah to be fair, <laughs>
0: creepy pastas can do that, and they can do it in a shorter period of time. but I will say that the effects probably don't last as long yeah, so I would say that you know uh modern classics like uh shelby's Frankenstein or uh What's the other one? Um Dracula or mm. Bram Stoker's, Oh yeah, Bram, Bram Stoker. Yep. Yep. Those are still amazing stories. Absolutely go read them and love them. There's actually one really interesting one I also wanted to talk to you about, Cameron, called uh I think it's called the Yellow
1: the Yellow King, The King in Yellow, which king is one yellow. of the which is a part of Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos.
0: Yes, there's actually another like Group of short stories done around the play. It's not mm-hmm. the actual play, but it was really, really cool. And I think you'd really like that too. Yeah, there's
2: a lot of Lovecraft that I have a feeling that I actually would enjoy it and I probably should just start reading it. I mean, there was a time where I would have been interested in reading Lovecraft just for Lovecraft. And then I got to find out about more about him as a person and like his own politics and so then I was like I'm gonna back away from this and then I also got to learn later after that that Lovecraft himself had a reckoning later in his life where he kind of turned away from all of that stuff and even was kind of going yeah I know I wrote that whole treatise on well I can't say the title on here because it would not be appropriate (laughs) and yeah uh, I don't believe that stuff anymore so don't read that so now I sit there and I go, you know what? Maybe I should just go back and read his stuff and just enjoy
1: it for what it is. Yeah, and I have read a big selection of Lovecraft, and you can find those themes. Uh, but if you, it's also at a level where, as long as you understand that, yeah, this is product of the time. Mm-hmm. There is still the horror aspect of it for you to simply take it at face value, not look at the subtext of it, and you can still enjoy it, or, you know what, if it bothers you, skip Read something else. Skip that story. (laughs) He wrote a lot of stuff, and not all of it is an allegory for the beliefs of the time. (laughs) but that's neither here nor there because we're talking more about the modern interpretation of this stuff right guys Mm -hmm. exactly yes exactly so let's
0: move on forward to the present uh we are doing
1: (laughs) the concrete below
0: the river and uh nice local
2: content though yeah
0: it's a very local one so we had jordan read it out to us uh so you've had the chance to listen to it Mm -hmm. i've actually listened to it before um quite a while ago and i'm gonna say that i'm not a big fan of this one you guys but uh you guys want to do it? Cool. I'm cool with it.
2: Personally, when Jordan suggested it and it was more kind of a perhaps let's do something that might be a little bit more short form or keeping in the classic ideal of a creepy pasta for first timers, especially for anyone in the audience who like me has no real experience with creepy pastas, um but then it also. but then as we were going along i sat there and i said you know this has all of the trappings of horror it it covers all of your bases so this is a good entry level story i would say because it doesn't it's i i suppose i could just say it's cliche in that way but that's fine if it's your first time because then you you get everything right there out in front and you have an idea of what to expect or what will get flipped on its head and that sort of thing
0: yeah
2: that was my thoughts on it so i did enjoy it
0: no you're allowed to (laughs) yeah
2: and not i'm not saying that you're a bad
0: person if you liked it
2: (laughs) that's what i'm I'm saying i'm just saying it wasn't yeah (laughs) i'm just saying that it was good and perhaps when i get into reading the cell phone game and uh Alternate? Alternate, yes. Then I will probably see what you meant and just be like, oh yeah, absolutely. They do way more than what was going on here, which is fine.
1: What do you think, Jordan? Well, one of the things that this also shows, this is very, like Doug said, cliche um, in terms of going for your typical cosmic horror, strange entity kind of horror story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for those of you who haven't already listened to it or are going to avoid trying to spoil anything for you but it is not too terribly long at and it hits the familiar beats for this kind of a story which I thought would be good but introducing you to this online blog post or journal style kind of storytelling as opposed to a more classical short story or novella style where you're jumping from different people's perspectives. It's all told as this one person is writing it out like a journal entry instead, which is what makes Creepypasta very unique, in my opinion, that it is generally restricted to almost always this first-person recording style, um, kind of similar to all of the earlier found footage that started with the Blair Witch Project, Another movie that I actually didn't like that much, but yeah. And and a movie I still haven't seen. <laughs> and a part of the thing with this also is that Creepypasta is all just... This is people writing this for the joy of it. The They want to try it out. So the other thing is there's... The quality can be very inconsistent. Oh, absolutely. This... Um, and some stories, some styles that I like, other people might not like... Uh, but that's always how it is with any kind of media.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I say that this is actually a good one to do, even though I don't like it, is because mm-hmm. I know that other people do like it, and I'm okay with that,
2: so. So I have a few questions about, um, I guess this has more to do with the format of creepy creepypastas. So creepy creepypastas then, uh, generally speaking, are
1: anonymous? Like you don't know who the original author is? Generally, that's the case. Um, mm-hmm my experience my history with creepypastas ooh um starts with also with just um not just being text posts or forum posts also with things like um i'm sure if you you can google this smile dog um where it's just an unsettling picture that someone has edited and then people making up the story to match it
2: oh wait At, is Slenderman a creepy pasta? Yes,
1: Slenderman is
0: actually a creepy pasta. Uh, okay. I was actually going to go into this with Gareth and I might spoil it a little mm. bit for you guys. <laughs> Slenderman is actually considered a um unfiction. Oh, because it because it it goes across it... different platforms. Yes. It's not actually just only on YouTube. It actually spans into Twitter as well and a few other things. So it it's actually considered not nonfiction, but it's actually its own genre because it comes out of its one media form and into others. And it still continues.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I know about Slenderman because of certain online communities that I am part of and it's just like oh yeah we remember mm-hmm. when Slender Man was first created and then it went out into the wild and now everybody knows it and yeah. it's you know now it's a cliche and all that stuff and then there's me who's still just like I still don't really know because I don't necessarily look for
1: that stuff. I'm sorry but... I'm actually thinking of Marble Hornets not Slenderman. Yeah whatever. It's a little bit different. <laughs> so and for me my experience with a lot of this creepypasta is through 4chan when I was in high school so you go on to x and x was the paranormal board and that's where everyone's just trying to post creepy spooky stuff and there's also people who are serious about it mm-hmm. um, you say with the finger quotes yeah <laughs> um but for me going on there and in the beginning every once in a while you find a thread that was actually interesting and I'm in high school homework. Uh eh, that's not so important. Let's let's just keep let's let's stay here and let's just sit on the F5 key to see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. And for me, that was the thing that was very interesting for me was being on forums where people would start these stories and sometimes it would be all within one thread. Other times it would be where it takes place over days. Mm. which was really fun for me being a part of it really helped with once again like I said earlier that anticipation that what's going on and then similar also that engagement and really it is like streaming before streaming it's <laughs> like streaming before video on internet really became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, YouTube was there, but it was still back when you could give fu- one out of five stars on oh YouTube. Oh, my goodness. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, Those are the in... heresy days, man. Well yeah. well,
2: yeah, back in the day when we, uh, I don't even know if you get 480p for uploading. Yeah. Um, and, and back in the day when it was still okay to upload full movies, it was just in 10-minute blocks. <laughs>
1: And a part of it was, especially on 4chan, 4chan was anonymous. And so Mm. the other thing was, unless you knew a little bit about how 4chan worked, there was really no way to tell if it was one person writing the story or if someone else kind of snatched the torch midway through. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, for me, was really interesting. Um, And then, similar, in preparation for this... I actually went back because I remember this would have been the second year of university um, on the traditional games board. It's not a creepypasta because it was uh, more interactive. It was mm. a quest, but it was for Halloween, this one person organized, controlled a thread about something funky going on on the surface of Mars. And I was a part of it. I was able to interact with it. And it was a very interesting, very intense online just following the posts. Oh, it's time to vote.
0: <laughs> and
1: seeing what happened. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to find the thread on T G for you guys to take a look at. But So... And I mean, that's something that I also kind of wonder
2: about these is, you know, do they just disappear into obscurity Obscurity for some of them? <clears throat>
0: or obscura. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, that that's actually what happens. And in some cases, that can make them even more terrifying. Or in other cases, it can make them a lot worse. One of my first favorite creepypastas, one of the few I've actually read.
2: Mm -hmm. And you guys
0: know how how difficult it is for me to read. Like, I don't do that very, very easily. And I I was determined with this one. It was originally called, I'm a grown, sane, adult man crying tears of terror. And this is the story of her with an orange. And it's, again, just like Jordan says, it builds that suspense extremely well up and up and up until that final chapter. Mm -hmm. And then it's only three words. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? And then, of course, all of that tension is built up
2: and it's released. And it, it's very almost euphoric. Mm. It's crazy. I can see then how creepy pastas these days are perhaps a little different because everyone saw what was happening. And, well, art forms evolve over time, of course. Um, but I can definitely see how some people have just taken it upon them to write a creepypasta and instead of presenting it in multiple posts or something like that, it just comes across as like a, a diary, you know, a week's worth of diary entries or something like that. And you get to read it all at once. I mean, which is effectively what what the 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 layout is for
1: Concrete Below the River. Yeah. And... Because it is just a single post on Reddit. Yeah, and it's presented that way, but for me, mentally, being able to break it down like that makes it much more interesting. Mm -hmm. And similar, to take this thread, tie it back to something we did mentioned earlier, like Miles said, with Marble Hornets and Slenderman. Because Slenderman started on X. And then, with YouTube... This guy got the idea to make the Marble Hornets series, Mm -hmm. and that was, he really stuck with it, where it was presented as this vlog. Yes. Mm. Once again, a big part of it, because now, like, now you can just marathon it, but back when I first showed it to Miles, like, he was still in the middle of it. Right, yes. And you have to wait for him to bring out
0: the next videos, if he does, because mm-hmm. the way it's all presented is he's in the center of this, yeah. he, and he could vanish at any time, and then mm-hmm. that's it. That's why that's it uh, yeah. That's kind of what happens with uh, Tribe 12. Uh, it's another Slenderman one that came out about a guy. Uh, he took a video with one of his, I think it was his cousin that came over, mm-hmm. and uh, they recorded Slenderman, and he uh, re-uploaded this video because his cousin committed suicide, And he actually is tracking down what happened to him. And he found out his mother was into this weird cult thing that was going on. And it was unbelievably insane. And it was great. And involved one of my favorite portrayals of a a mad
1: possessed man. Hmm. And that is all for me when I was very interested in creepypasta and seeing all of this and following these stories. Because it was very much as it happened or it was these online tellings of these weird old rumors back when the internet was still expanding and still very new. hmm Um because there's other like super classic creepypastas like the Russian sleep experiment and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's a very good classic one. That's a that's one that for a lot of people for a
0: long time thought was a real thing. Yeah. Because the way it's always presented. Yeah, it feels very
2: organic and real. See, now that is a title that is familiar to me. I have definitely heard that a bunch of times, perhaps from both of you. I've definitely
1: <laughs> talked about it. Time, yeah, and that's one of the other styles of creepypasta is the online urban myth.
2: Mm. mm. So the kind of uh what the heck, show? Was it, was it, Are You Afraid of the Dark? where they did, It Happened to a Friend of a Friend of Mine? Yes, i okay. You afraid of the dark.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So
0: there
2: is also another version of creepy passes that I want to
0: quickly touch on and then we could probably uh, carry on.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it's one that I know, Cameron, you are very familiar with. Oh, what's that? SCPs. Oh, they are oh, technically a creepy pass. Okay.
2: So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Although it is interesting, because since SCPs like have cover such a wide umbrella, considering that there are now AAA title video games that are based off of SCPs, it's true. But they
0: kind of formed into their own genre. So, uh, but they were originally a creepypasta. They started off that way, and it just kind of gotten out of hand. I guess yeah. you could
2: say. <laughs> yeah. Could you say that gotten they were breached? I suppose you could say that, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, yeah, that's the other thing, is a lot of these things, with the quality level of them, it's so dependent on how easy it is for you to buy into it. How mm-hmm. easy it is for you to suspend your disbelief for just long enough to be like, you know what, let's get into it let's enjoy this feeling and or maybe enjoy might not be the best word but let's experience this feeling (laughs) um and with like the scp foundation wiki a lot of the earlier stuff there was a lot of that mystery and then over the last eight six years it a lot of people who were Writing and contributing to that because it grew faster than it could get than people could moderate it, a lot of that mystery got stripped away. It's true.
2: Um, and then it just turned into a, a compendium of someone wants to make something and they are going to classify it as or categorize it as this SCP.
0: Yeah. Um, th- the interesting about interesting thing about SCPs is they actually fall under a category known as fantastique.
1: Mm -hmm, Uh, because it's mm -hmm. not
0: quite science fiction it's not quite magic it's sort of mysteria yeah so uh, they follow this formula and they kind of classify it as fantastic and a lot of people like it because it's not quite science fiction and it's not quite magic it's somewhere in between Mm -hmm. and it's just people trying to make it logical Mm they are just trying to make it logical which is something that a lot of people like and it can really
2: harmonize with people i guess you could say yeah yeah do you want to uh, talk a little bit more about concrete below the river I mean yeah. we can uh... let's jump on that okay shit y- yeah <laughs> before it sinks well, well we'll we'll quickly take a little bit of a break for people to go and you know either read it or listen to Jordan's uh, reading of it and then we'll spoil it all for you. And shivers down your spine
0: Shrieking skulls will shock your soul Seal your doom tonight Welcome back everybody And uh, we're going to carry on with this uh, Mysterious car-sized concrete mess That delayed the LRT bridge construction
2: <laughs> so, so, This that, is actually on
0: cbc.ca So that
2: did actually So that again was based sort of in reality Yeah I'd, I'd wondered bit. about that, because I know that sometimes that's part of the thing that really makes you want to believe it, is that there are just enough real parts to it that you're like, it could be real.
1: Yeah. Um, And so for this creepypasta, for this story, a part of it is that it's very much based in reality. They, as a part of the LRT bridge construction, they did actually find... Some stuff in the way that they hadn't noticed at first, which gave this guy an idea. And a part of what I really enjoyed about it is that there's effort that goes into the storytelling to ground it a lot in reality. Mm -hmm. Which is a good basis for any creepypasta. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of creepypasta that you find is always written and portrayed in kind of this first-person perspective. But the problem that I find with it is that it can also become very dated with the way that they do it. Um, Whereas this one, it dates itself quite clearly.
2: Because it tells you
1: you the specific dates. Which makes it also for me very much easier to, okay, I know when this is happening, I have an idea of things because, for example, with other ones like the cell phone game, Okay, he's talking about playing on his Game Boy, but now he's talking about using a smartphone. But he's in high school now, and for me, I think about that stuff and it's like, mm, this is someone my age, but they're writing it with tools that they have now, <laughs> and that pulls me out of this story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I mean, that sort of sounds
2: like a familiarity or familiarity is not the right term uh experience when it comes to just being a writer i think i remember as we were uh because we kind of looked over the cell phone game before we uh settled on uh doing this one instead and i remember that there were comments for it and i and i kind of glanced at a couple of them and one person had said something about uh i don't think this person writing this has ever actually been in an intimate relationship before because uh-huh. these things don't uh, I don't think they know what they're talking about and it's like oh well write what you know or
0: <laughs> high school was a weird time too you gotta yeah. remember that I... relationships yeah. were very weird in high school Yeah, yeah
2: I, I I, mean I agree with that too I mean it, it can go either way you know like, yes, it...
0: just like relationships in high school yeah
1: <laughs> um, and that's another thing that I did like about this is I don't know if the person who wrote this actually has experience with being a project manager on a construction project, Mm -hmm. but they didn't get themselves tied up into those kinds of details. They focused on what's the weird thing that's going on here. Mm -hmm. And they very much focused on what I felt is realistic, easy to believe, a little bit of inter-character drama about what's going on. And then the development of those consequences and what's going on here. And then feeding you stuff in... I mean, dream sequences are great because... They, Everyone has weird dreams. Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, it, it's a classic, you learn about this in junior high. You never finish a story with, and it was all a dream, which they don't do here. But it's such a powerful tool because it allows you to very easily manipulate perspectives yes and it lets them build up those details a lot well well
2: it's interesting that you say the whole you you shouldn't end it with it was all a dream thing i mean we all that is still something that does happen in certain high profile stories yeah Um, it was all a hallucination while he was dying thank you jacob slatter (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's an example uh, i mean uh, there there were some others that i had in my in mind um but but then you woke up well i well it, i was <laughs> going to say more in the sense of what you were saying when we were discussing coraline about how is she still in the other world and she just hasn't she just doesn't know it oh she clearly and, was yeah and and well and like there you go right um it could go kind of either way and that's the fun about it uh, or what was the, what was the, the what was that one with the top? Not equal. Yeah. to inception. inception. Inception, yes, yes. But, I mean, dreams work for something like this because that's where it gets into the weird factor where you, now you don't really want to go to sleep because you don't want to keep having those weird dreams. And I feel that everybody can relate to that. They have some kind of a nightmare, and then they're just like, I, I don't know if that's going to happen again, and that terrifies me. Yeah,
1: And to pull this back a little bit to the written horror tradition, a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's writings where he really gives us a lot of information about the Cthulhu mythos, mm-hmm. almost all of those ones where he explains a lot about the metaphysics or whatever term you want to use, he uses dreams because it's a very easy way to for people to relate and understand that we're not dealing with reality that is shared by everyone that we know. We're dealing with a very personal reality that interacts with reality in a strange way. And it's. I really like the way that it's used in this one.
2: I That was one of the things that I appreciated about it too. Like I said... What I liked about it is that it covers all of the basics mm-hmm. when it comes to what you want out of something that would be a, a I guess, a typical horror setting, right? And so having really f- effed up dreams is a good way to go for that. <laughs> and then it also affecting other, infecting, I suppose I should say, other people. And then you're just, and then there's that whole. Are you having those dreams too? Yeah. Now, um, since
0: we're talking about this uh, creepy pasta here, I'm going to say one of my biggest gripes about this is actually the fact that the main character, uh, what did he say his name was? Jason? Was it? Or... Well, I
2: think he said his name was, uh, uh, let, let's quickly go through here, Pete. Uh, Pete, or okay. Pete, Peter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> when Pete is talking to the guy who gave him the call they'll tell him something is wrong mm-hmm. I feel like the relationship should have been a lot closer than what it was um, I feel like he should have had more of an eye on him and then start to recognize things were going wrong not just all of a sudden oh he's killed himself or something like that he's trying to commit suicide I would have thought that he would have been able to pick up on these things that his personality is changing which I thought would have been a lot better but Especially after something like this happens, because now you, you know, you as the person who is trying to keep this project all online, Mm. you should be heavily
2: involved in all this.
1: I mean, he's
0: just kind of pulled away from it almost. And I I don't I don't like that.
2: I can understand exactly what you mean. And it's I don't know. It's one of those things where I kind of sit there and I feel that it could go either way based off of other um, nonfiction stories that I've read uh, of people recalling certain things, um, y- you guys know Hark a vagrant, right? Kate Beaton. Yep. Um, you probably do know it, but it might not be. Anyways, she's... what if
1: your wife orbits my dick? <laughs> one of the classic. I, Hark I know that. Yeah, yes, yeah. I know that for sure.
2: Well, she's also the one that gave. Uh, what was it? Strong female protagonists, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was her. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, and she's Canadian. <laughs> yes, she is. And she's she worked from. In the patch. <laughs> yes. So, th- th- and that's where I was going with this. So, uh, like a decade ago, she did a little blog post thing that was uh, detailing the time that she was working up in Fort Mac, uh, and that was around the time when there was all that media coverage about the 300 ducks that died in a tailings pond, mm-hmm. and then putting in all the noisemakers and everything to try to prevent that from happening again. So. At the time of this recording, she has since published a book that goes into more detail about her experience there and like actually, well, doing not necessarily a full narrative, but effectively an autobiography of her two years that she spent there uh, in addition to the comics that she wrote um but the interesting thing that i found i haven't i haven't read the whole thing uh at this point but i did go back and read through her blog posts and everything and one of the th- interesting things that i found is the relationship between some of the people that were in management some of the people that were just the average uh crewman and that you could have the same personalities in terms of aloof or, you know, all business, no real personal uh, exchanges with anyone for any of them. So you did have some managers that would be very cold and lifeless in dealing with you because she does document situations where someone, you know, committed suicide or self-harm or something like that. And some of the reactions from some of the higher ups are just like, get it you know, get it out of the way. We got to get back to work and I don't care. Maybe they do, but that's not what they're presenting to everybody else. It's true, but at the same
0: time, it sounds like this guy kind of handpicked this person for this project, which is kind of an important thing, right? You'd think that they'd have like some form of caring between them.
2: That's true.
0: Unless this man is a straw man, but I don't think that was
1: the case. It did not feel like he was a straw man for anything. Yeah. And once again, like I said, these are all usually just people writing these for fun online. It's mm-hmm. true. So the editing process is entirely up to how much effort this person wants to put into it. <laughs> and then how much effort of
0: the people around this person want to put into it, probably unfinancially supported.
2: Well, and that's also assuming that they <laughs> do supported. any type of um, uh, community editing, engagement yeah. in that sense. You know, um, they may just go and write it up and go back and check to see if there are any grammar errors or like egregious spelling errors. And maybe they might leave them in because it gives a bit of personality and makes it feel more realistic. And then that's it. And other people, they might pass it around to a couple of close friends and say, what do you think? Now, I'm going to admit this, of course. I've said this
0: before. I did not read this. So you guys have you, to go back and find it, right? out if he's spelling color with a U. Uh, or favorite with a U. Uh,
2: actually, I'm trying I, to think.
1: I don't think the word color or yeah, favorite I don't, even show up.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not remembering those words actually showing up in here. I'm Another thing not, that
0: I don't see in work. here that make it very unbelievable, no mention
2: of like Tim Hortons every day.
1: There's only one mention of
2: Tim Hortons. Which I remember when you were doing the reading that you, you know, referred to it as going to Timmy's.
1: Yeah. But that's neither here nor there are the spelling differences between us and our Southern brothers and the uh, particular cultural hang-ups we have. (laughs) I mean... Are uh, neither here nor there to the storytelling nature of this. That's true. I mean, I
2: feel that it must have been at the very least someone who is... From Alberta, because why would you choose Edmonton and why would you choose the LRT River Valley expansion? Because, as lots of people like to say, and Edmonton's one of its nicknames is Deadmonton. Yeah. <laughs> and you know,
0: that's one thing I really felt in Cat. They even the spelt <laughs> the
2: name correctly for the bridge. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't hard. There was a whole article
0: about this. You <laughs> could have yeah, seen the article. Yeah,
2: an article on CBC. Yeah, so it could have been anywhere in Canada. Okay, so that still means that it's Canadian then. I don't know a whole... It's I true. mean, I've spent a fair amount of time now with Americans because of my work. They don't really know what the CBC is because... That's true. <laughs> Very true. They know it. They They do know what BBC is. Where did Doctor Who come from? Oh, it's thanks to the BBC. Anyway, anyways. Let's carry back on. (laughs) Well, I kind of feel that that, I I suppose, is part of the fun with a creepypasta, though, is to, I suppose, for some people, is getting into it. This is, in some ways, one of the things I do like about horror is digging into it and kind of, not unraveling the mystery but just getting too into it and just trying to figure out the machinations for how things are happening and the what that goes
1: into it. That's the cosmic core of it all. Yeah. And for me, a part of like just growing up, not having the time to necessarily get into these things as much, but also a lot of the more modern stuff that I've been finding for stuff like creepypasta is... That there's a lot of showing that goes on in a lot of the creepy pasta that I find, and it's just it's a whole lot less it doesn't build anticipation when you know the things that are happening, yeah, um and that was one of the things that I liked about this one is that it's also not too long. A lot of the stuff that I find now gets really, 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 really long. And it It doesn't feel as spontaneous anymore. Well and it nice callback. The longer it the longer it is, the more momentum it has to build and keep. Whereas ah. this one, timeline wise, it's three days. Yeah, it's just three it, days. Mm-hmm. It goes from all right, let's go to work and all right, okay, we found something in the river, and to me this is another th- reason why like we're kind of just jumping into his daily life and then the next day it goes from okay we found something in the river and we've got some funny stuff about it all right well what can we do about it today the answer is nothing we need to wait to hear back from stuff all right i'm gonna go back to work and get my stuff done comes to the office the next day holy shit he tried to kill himself what the hell is going on and then by the third day, it's like, all right, well, we got to make a press release about this. Um, everyone just, uh, it's going to take a little bit longer. Let's hope that whatever the hell I'm dreaming about is just a really bad dream mm-hmm. and uh, that reality will continue as usual. Mm-hmm. Please pay no attention to the mysterious humming bridge. It actually doesn't hum. I've walked over it quite a few times. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's especially one thing. the way they describe it, too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's one of the things that, about this one I liked, is the general length, and that a lot of, and this is something, when it comes to horror in general, why I really like Japanese horror movies compared to slasher movies. Like, slasher movies are good, gory fun, but there's no, like, we know, it's some, some thing, for some reason, is killing these people, and you know what, there's, it's not scary, it's just fun. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of Japanese horror movies, it's like, "What the fuck was that?" And that's it. Keep on living, guys. Yeah. So, have you Ooh. seen Kason? Uh, Kason.
0: Kason. Uh, it translates to infection in English. Oh, Kason. Kason.
2: Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I was like, I think it's Kason, but <laughs> I'll let him do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen
0: it. Uh, what you... I'll, I'll ask you afterwards. Cause... Yeah. You know what? Fine. What did you think about it? Did you like it? Because I liked it.
1: Yeah, it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It it felt a little slashery, but at the same time, it still had great actual horror going on. Yeah. I'm just going
1: to plug my ears because I don't know what you're talking about. No, don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. But once again, similar, we go back to a lot of the Japanese horror that really captured North America's attention in the early 2000s. The Ring. Yeah. yeah. The Ring. um, Ringu. the Grudge, Juon, those got so big in North America, and the funny thing is, uh, for our audience at home, I have actually been living in Japan the last five years, and in Japan, like Juon is not well known. Really, Ringu is pretty well known, but lot it was very much like you ask younger kids about it, they have no idea, and even many adults it was just, oh, that was a movie. Yeah, Whereas, it was a movie. <laughs> in North America, like, that kind of horror where it's, yeah, keep on trucking, folks. This is out here. It was so new and novel, and that is something that I think also really showed up in a lot of this early creepypasta. And a lot of this, it, it kept, it's, you've got 90 minutes to get people amped up, and then leave them holding the bag... Well, what do I do with this? That's the great thing about that kind of horror is you got to find out. Know. I don't
2: know. <laughs> you That's just got to keep you. living
1: because now you got this bag. You've got the VCR. T- you've got the VCR cassette. That well, you got to show this to someone else in seven days, or else your ticket's punched, bud. So uh spoiler you... for Ringu. <laughs> well, dovetailing
2: onto that. Um, so how popular is Junji Ito's uh stuff? Because I think you know which story I'm thinking about that like I was totally thinking about as this one was going on. Uh, Uzumaki spiral. Well, is that the one where they where they all have like their
1: own like person sized? Oh. No, that's a different one. Um I can't remember either of the titles, the English or the Japanese one. But yeah, this is my hole. It was made for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That yeah.
1: Um
2: because like it, it well, and I, I mean the reason why it was so familiar was because of the fact that you know, persons just like I don't know what the hell's going on here, and then as time goes by, slowly he just like gets sucked into it and next thing you know, I guess, spoiler for that particular Ito story, he winds up going into his own hole because it calls to him, and what is it? like? It's not that they necessarily die,
1: but they're just like, they're now stuck in a wall. Well, it's... Yeah, and spoilers for the end, uh, for the real, real end, where you get to the very end is they do find that the holes come out at another fault line, but they're not people shaped at all. And after about a month, some things that were once people shaped come out of those holes. That's what it was. Um yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh Junji Ito is known, but similar like in and I was actually really surprised coming back and seeing like to- how many people were talking. Well, yeah, seeing stuff like uh seeing stuff like Tomie, seeing a uh, translated copy of spiral at the bookstore um seeing like Junji Ito merchandise at like hot topic i'm like mm-hmm. what the hell is going on why are you in hot topic <laughs> because i'm exploring the mall with my wife who's new to canada that's true that makes sense um, that checks out for now but is, which one was the name of the one that had the the
2: shark in it or well i mean um that's like the big thing in
1: it was you know the the mechanized shark or whatever but there were other things happening in that story and that's another one where i right now i can't remember the names um but yeah and that was Cause i think
2: that was the big one that was going around the internet and kind of got everybody to
1: check his stuff out yeah that was that one was really memeable because it like the <laughs> shark yeah, yeah, the, yeah shark the shark the... burst through the door and the translator shonk shonk. went yeah, the that's sound what of a zombie ga-shonk, shark ga-shonk, bursting ga-shonk, down ga-shonk, the door ga-shonk. yeah um, yeah, and some of his stuff is pretty memeable um, because he like, he has a wonderful style. Um, but yeah, like, you go to the kind of it's not so. There's a there's a store in Japan called Village Vanguard, and it's it's like Hot Topic exploded inside of a bookstore, <laughs> along with a small convenience store. Um, So it's kind of like the
0: porno sections of like a 7-Eleven on a trucker stop?
1: (laughs) Not quite. No, no, no. Um, And and also a a healthy dash of Spencer's in there as well. Okay. okay. (laughs) Um, Because it was originally a bookstore um, chain, but they started getting more and more other stuff. Like you can find all kinds of character good stuff, um, all kinds of interesting strange books. Um, It's a really fun shop if you're ever in Japan check out village vanguard it's just good fun um and there you can find a lot of junji ito collection books mm-hmm. but once again like um he's he's one of those japanese creators that i think is probably more popular outside of japan than inside japan um, Okay. I'm feeling really awful because I can never remember his name. But um, when the... Uh, uh, Miyura, when the writer and illustrator of Berserk passed away. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Huge all around the world. I mentioned it to my students in Japan. and like, who? Oh. What? <laughs> what comic? Um, once again, like Junji Ito is probably is really well-known across the world because of his connection to Japanese horror. And internationally, there's lots of interest in that. But in Japan, not many people are that interested in horror. But yeah, so a lot of that style of horror, uh, and it was still very fresh in North America in that time. And I think that shows a lot in the earlier Creepypastas. Yep. Whereas where also just... The nature of it, these were people just shitposting in their spare time. <laughs> keep it short, keep it punchy, build up that momentum, and then just leave them holding the bag of, well, now what do I do with this information? So a good example of that one, in my opinion,
0: is uh, it's done from the, perspective of, from the perspective of a wildlife ranger, mm-hmm. and it's called We Are Now uh, Told Not to Carry Flashlights Anymore. And it's all about this ranger who was like looking after an area, something happens, and then the escalation happens. And at the end of it all, he's no longer working there. He's working in another park because they had to do a controlled burn, as they said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, at the end of it all, he's like, yes. And they've also added that we're not allowed to use flashlights at night.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it was actually a
1: really cool story. I did like that one, but it definitely sounds to me like you might like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and similar things like, where a lot of it, because um, you mentioned earlier, like with what happened with Slenderman and how that one just really caught on, it resonated with a lot of people, and it spread around the internet. Um, it's similar, like with The Rake. There is the original creepypasta for The Rake, and then people added, a few people added a few really good, personal experiences with the Rake to expand it out a little bit. And then it kind of just fizzled out there. Yeah. Uh, Some people made a few extra creepy gifs or gifs, whichever (laughs) side of the fence you're on with that. (laughs) Chippy gippies. And they just had a little bit so that it didn't become this huge thing like what Slender Man became, but it still had a little bit of that Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe of Creepypasta feeling. You know what? That's actually something I wouldn't mind Disney picking up.
0: What? Just doing like a creepy past universe thing. That could be really cool.
2: Having like a crossover and like have a... Uh... Well, sure, except for the fact that I don't think that they'd really be able to accomplish it the way that You would kind of want it to because. Absolutely not. (laughs) So then why would you want them to do it?
0: Because sometimes you have to look. Sometimes you like to watch a train wreck, Cameron. Yeah.
2: Well, okay. All right, fine. Sometimes Um, you want to watch a car crash. Well, then let Warner Brothers do it. They're very
1: good at doing train crashes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then other stuff as well, because another example of that, and this is more based in reality, where it was. Taking an existing an existing myth, uh, some existing folklore, but then it really getting cranked up to eleven a little bit just by nature of the internet is also stuff like uh, skinwalkers and all of the skinwalker creepy pasta horror stories that you can find as well.
2: Yeah. So that's those what are the... <laughs> definitely
1: overdone in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I have to laugh a little bit because. Most of the things that you mentioned in terms of titles, I sit there and I go, because I do, I'm not terminally online, but I do spend enough time online that I, like, know about these thanks to cultural osmosis, but that's it. I don't know anything else beyond that. That's fair enough. But uh, there is a lot that creepypastas have spawned. I mean, uh, oh, who
0: is that smiley killer with a really
2: big smile you're talking about like the one that like, like, like the face and it's just like that that like it's terrifying very... smile, right? Some people say it's or... terrifying. I think it just oh. looks weird, but um... well, you know, weird, terrifying, and kind of Jeff, Jeff the Killer. Yes, that's the one. Um, yeah, that that
0: one. That, that was a creepy pasta that actually got ruined for me, uh, thanks to the
2: internet historian. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's just. It's like when someone explains a joke, right? All of a sudden, it's not as funny anymore.
0: No, no, not even. It's uh. Mm-hmm. Tim, the internet historian, has a way of just presenting something like he's reading the actual creepypasta, and then has some art in that with the, kind of dancing around, showing you everything. Yeah. And that artwork just totally destroys it. Same with the, another one that's uh, a a Sonic thing that he does, and oh. Is it great, Sonic High School?
2: Okay, okay. I mean, for a moment, I was like, "Is it a Tales Got Trolled thing?" Because
0: I mean, it's it's bad. It's. You know what? I I have to say to the person who wrote it, you did your best, and I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna gonna say, you know, good on you. You you put yourself out there. You you did a good job, and you got people talking, which is important Mm -hmm. uh, out of everything. Uh, I'm not going to compare this to like great authors of her time. Yeah. But the way the internet historian presents it, uh feel free to watch it when we uh when you're uh laying down in bed. You're not going to fall asleep, that's for sure. You're going to be laughing hard, really hard, especially when you see tales. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay, all I'll, right. I'll send it to you guys and I might even post it up on uh on our Twitter or... uh, On Instagram. Instagram.
2: Oh, boy. So, uh, for everyone to enjoy. (laughs) So, you you keep mentioning the rake. So, I'm going to presume that this is not at all related to the story of the rake in the sense of the uh, degenerate person who makes a deal with the devil. So, the rake of what I'm talking
0: about Mm -hmm. is a YouTube... uh, Movie essentially, sort of a found footage like the Blair Witch. Oh, and that's about all I'm gonna say about it. Okay, um,
1: but it's about a creature out in the woods, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, and same for me. I'm not thinking about that YouTube creation, I'm thinking of just original 4chan posting of once again, same thing though, this creepy thing out in the woods, along with. Uh, a spooky picture alongside with it to just get you amped up a little bit.
2: And, of course, my thing, where, again, there's the story of the rake, as in the, the degenerate who makes a deal with the devil and the devil gives him a shitload of money and then he goes out and continues to be a degenerate and then he has to trick the devil so that he doesn't lose his soul.
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> the classic, the rake.
2: Yeah. yeah yes, that, yes, but <laughs> I just said that, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> that is actually a really good story. Mm-hmm. There's an That's opera about it and everything. It's called The Rake's Progress. Even better, it's in English. What? <laughs> an English opera? Does that mean it's not an opera? Yeah. It No, it is definitely an opera. <laughs> yeah. It's by Stravinsky. Oh,
1: fair
2: um, uh, But this was by the time he'd moved to America, which is one of the reasons why it's in English. <laughs> um... So I guess we have gone far away from uh, talking about uh, the concrete below the river. Yeah. But um, is there anything else that we would want to say about it? Well, let's talk about if, uh,
0: if we liked it or not. Like I've said, I'm not a huge fan of this one myself, but Jordan, you liked it?
1: Yeah, so I liked it because it is a good introductory, which I thought would be something that for your audience would be a way to get their feet wet a little bit it hits the main beats it's not overly long it builds momentum and then like i said it leaves you holding the bag of oh well now what do i do with this knowledge if you've let yourself kind of get caught up into it get yourself amped up and i think it does that really well and So, so with that you'd recommend it to other people yeah um i'd recommend it and I think it's a good example of fair of more than acceptable quality amateur writing. Okay. <laughs> Cameron, what did you think about it?
2: I liked it um especially more because of other things that I've mentioned as we have been getting into it. It it gave me uh it it was reminding me of things like Junji Ito, uh H.P. Lovecraft and other um typical cliche tropes or bleh, let me typical
0: did, horror tropes there we go technically because it's in a river can we say it's trouts
2: no 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 we cannot and we will not um so but uh as we've been talking about other basically internet history and culture stuff through this episode one of the things i liked about that is that by choosing a story like this, we're actually avoiding a lot of those traps and pitfalls as well. We didn't go for something that features Slenderman or something else like that. We didn't go for something that, in a way, has a lot of baggage attached to it. So we have a story that is just uh, representative of a stock creepy pasta, and now our audience can go and seek out other ones, and if they want to just dive right in and find some of the stuff and be like, oh, so that's where that came from. Oh, so that's where people are talking about that. Oh, that's why they made a Slenderman movie. I don't actually remember if that came out or not, but I remember it being talked about. Two of them came out. Okay, oh, okay. they did. so they did actually come two, out.
0: Okay. Two Slenderman movies came out. And they, <laughs> one was really, really bad, the other one was way worse. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> See, well, wait, Sorry. see, but see. Marvel Mar- Mar- that- Hornets <laughs> did it right. It just took a long time to get it done, and it does take a long time to watch. But it still is amazing,
2: right? So, like baggage, you know. Yes. It sometimes it. Um, well, you've said this many times when we when we're you know reviewing some other obscure thing. I mean, we could just go and do the things that everybody's already heard of, but everyone's already heard of that, so what's the point of choosing that over something else that people haven't heard of? That's very true. Another thing I'd like to talk about then
0: is since we all like our creepy passes here, do we want to kind of continue this maybe? Maybe
2: offer an episode here or there? Yeah, I wouldn't mind looking at more of this stuff, you know, periodically or something, or make it a staple for every October.
0: Okay, well, I do have a couple of other ones that are similar to this that I could show you guys. Maybe we'll check them out in a month or two. (laughs)
2: <laughs> or,
1: or we or, can leave it to the viewers and let them decide if they want more of this content or not <laughs> it's that
2: true. is true as well in some ways we are captive in that way
0: <laughs> <laughs> will do well uh, i guess this is about the wrap up here unless there's any other notes you guys want to add I no think we're i good. can't
1: think of anything else right now okay well i'm your host miles and i'm your guest jordan And I'm Cam,
2: and I want to say thank you very much, Jordan, for all of your contributions for this episode. Yeah, thanks for coming by and reading that story for us. No problem at all. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, this will not be the last we hear of you on this podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) Have a good one, you guys. See ya. Bye.